Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Hey there, podcasters. I'm excited to come on this evening and give you an awesome word that I received a few minutes ago while I was trying to lay out my vision board. I do a vision board anywhere from two to three times a year. It just depends on how fast God is answering my prayers. And I'm going to tell you this year, I've been through three vision boards. This is my fourth one that I'm getting ready to create. Um, Super excited about it because I'm looking at my third one that I did prior to the one I'm getting ready to create. And there's just so many things on there that God completed. He pretty much completed almost the entire board. And it's not even the end of this year. And I completed two other boards earlier in the year. So um, that's what I had started tonight. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gets to resting on me. And something just made me shift. And he just began to speak to me about it's in the name It's in the name. And I know how when we say it's in the name and we begin to talk about the name of Jesus, how at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord, you know, but what I'm talking about on tonight is, and not taking away from that, we'll use that as a jump off point to understand the title of the podcast tonight and that title is it's in the name and the reason I'm saying tonight because it's nighttime where I'm at I'm actually doing a a double taking on today because the Lord was speaking so heavily to me concerning this and I wanted to bless you so that you would have something to munch on throughout the week and again if I had to title this particular podcast I would title it it's in the name. And the scriptures that I would come out of would be John, the first chapter, verses 42. And then I'll flip over to Philippians and I'll be in Philippians, the first chapter, verse six. And then I'll take both of those scriptures and braid them together to give you some clarity on what I'm speaking into the atmosphere for you on today. Um, Again, I'm definitely doing a prophetic teaching um, right now, so I want you to make sure that you um, will catch wind of this. Grab your pen, grab your pencil, or even listen to it two or three times so that you can be blessed in this particular hour. And then it kind of goes right in line with what I was um, teaching on in podcast 37. You know, this is going to kind of continue moving in that direction so you can keep clear and in the side of the heartbeat of God and what he's doing right now. It's important to be in the father's heartbeat. So I'm going to go ahead and read John 1 and 42. And it reads like this. 
Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, You are Simon, the son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. I'm going to read that again. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, You are Simon, the son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And we know that Peter means rock. So remember I said if I had to title this today, it would be, it's in the name. It's it's interesting how uh, when Jesus at this particular time, so you can have a bit of a background, is he is now calling his disciples forth. He's calling them out so that they can begin to walk alongside him for the period of time that he was on the earth. And at this particular time, this is where he's calling his first few disciples in. And Andrew is now bringing Simon up to Jesus. And I'm sure they were, they were excited, you know, and Simon was probably still nervous, you know, as he's walking up to Jesus and then Jesus doesn't immediately say anything. He looks at him intently. Get this. He doesn't immediately say anything. He's just looking at Simon intently. And that would lead me to believe that because he's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, he's seeing through him, but seeing through him in a way of seeing through time. He's seeing now and he's seeing the end. How many of you know that in Philippians 1 and 6, that's the scripture I'm going to braid and be in, in, inside of this whole thing, it reads, and I am sure that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ comes back again. Let me read that again. And I am sure that God who begins the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ comes back again. That's Philippians 1 and 6. And how many of you know, briefly, all that means is that whatever God starts in you, he's going to complete it. So what I believe is happening at this moment when, when Simon is approaching Jesus, Jesus is looking at him and saying, okay, I can see your now, but I can also see your later. I can see your now and I can see your future. And, and the reason one would begin to wonder about the name change is that why didn't he change all the other apostles' names. And I'm glad you asked the question because I want to tell you why he didn't change everybody's name. Everybody's name's not going to be changed. He chose to change only a few that I can count on my hand names in the Bible. He changed Abra to Abraham. He changed Sarah to Sarah. He changed uh, uh, Jacob he became Israel. And, and and then now we have this Simon here experiencing what we call a name change. Oftentimes, a name is what identifies a person. And I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of meaning in the name. I don't know if you took any time to ever look at your name and, and, and research your name and, and just to figure out what what does my name mean? Because when I, when I look at this particular scripture, there's uh, Simon that he's looking at, but then Jesus Christ is understanding what Simon is getting ready to become. 
So a name change often follows um, a pattern of when the Lord is changing a particular trait about you that he's trying to bring out a particular characteristic about you that he's getting ready to bring to fruition. If he's getting ready to give you a particular function that you don't necessarily operate in now, he does a name change. He does a name change so that you can understand who you are and not rest upon the name that maybe someone else gave you. How many of you know when we when we begin to follow Christ, we become new creatures. He renews our mind daily as we continue to get in the word of God. And oftentimes we have this inner battle that Apostle Paul talks about. He says there is a war that goes on on the inside. And what is that war? That war is my flesh against what it is that I know right to do. Paul says there's a way that seems right to man, but he found himself doing the wrong thing. How how can we find ourselves doing the wrong thing when we know there's a way that seems right? Because the war is on the inside. And, and when we understand that complexity, then you can understand why Jesus Christ looked at him intently, saw where he was at. And the reason I know he saw where he was at, because when he looks at him intently in John 1 and 42, he says, looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, you are Simon, the son of John. So he first tells him, I know who you are. You're the son of John. You're Simon, the son of John. But you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. So he's saying, okay, I know who you are. I know what they told you you are. And I get it. But I have a plan for you. I have something that you're going to do for me. And it caused it the what the plan that I have for you requires you to be a rock. So I'm going to change your name because there are some things inside of you, things that's getting ready to happen that's going to build this rock inside of you so that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You say, well, how do you know that prophet? I know that because the word of God tells me that. Let me go quickly over to um, Luke. You can go over to, actually, let's go to Matthew first. If we go over to Matthew 16 and 16 through 18, so we'll flip over to Matthew chapter 16, and then we're going to float over to verses 16 through 18. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and braid up a few scriptures together just so you can get a good picture of where I'm going with this. Um, this is how Matthew reads. It reads, Peter's great confession at Caesarea Philippi, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, represented the bedrock upon which Jesus promised to build his church. So when he says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, see, Jesus um, understood that Peter knew who he was. And, and because Peter could identify that, he saw this trait in Peter, that how Peter was going to be used in the future. Now, Peter knows nothing about his future. He knows nothing about what God is getting ready to do. But remember, I said, the Lord can see through us because he sees the beginning from the end. He's outside of time. So he can see what we're doing now, along with seeing what we're getting ready to do in the future. And this is what I love about God, because he accepts us for our faults. He already knows he's factored in. You'll hear me say this all the time. When I say that the Lord loves you, when I say that the Lord loves me, it took me a long time to grasp that he really, really loves me. He really 
really loves you. If if you don't understand that, I, I'm going to continue to, to pray and, and push this so you would know it and understand it in a world that we're in now. God loves you right where you're at. He understands every facet about you, the corks, the screws. He knows everything about you. He's already factored in your failures. You don't have to go and do a checklist for God. That's not how this works. He's When he says he loves you, he loves you for your failures. He's factored it in. And I know that I'm right because he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He factored Peter's failure in. He already factored it in and and, and still named him the rock. He didn't come back and say, okay, I'm going to change your name. You know, you denied me three times. He already factored that in. It didn't change the fact that he loved him. And, and on top of that, he said, you know what? I'm going to put in place some stop gaps for you so that you could understand and not fall too deeply into uh regret after you deny me three times. I've prayed for you. I've prayed. He says, I've prayed for you. What a wonderful thing to know somebody already accepted me and they prayed for me that I might get over my own guilt because the Jesus Christ is already over it. He, cause he factored it in. So he's not going to be shocked when it happened. He factored it in. It's us to get caught up in the mistakes that we made. I'm here to tell you on tonight, God says that he loves you. There's no reason for, for you to beat yourself up. If you've fallen short, the word of God says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Just repent. Like I said, in podcast 37, repent and, and begin to walk in the ways and the truths and acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. There's nothing else you need to do. You just need to repent, be obedient unto God and make yourself available unto him. See, this is, it's so easy to live this life because there's nothing we need to do. God says, just submit. That's all he wants us to do. Just submit, submit to him and let me use you. Submit to me and let me use you. He takes ordinary people to do extraordinary things. See, Peter was just an ordinary fisher boy. He's fishing, running his dad's fishing industry. He took an ordinary guy to do an extraordinary thing. That extraordinary thing was to preach the day of Pentecost. Think about that. This is Peter who denied him three times. This is Peter who he changed his name to be the rock. This is the Lord saying, I've already seen that. And I still called you, Peter, to feed my sheep. I called you, Peter, to feed my sheep. He's called you, listeners, to to feed his sheep. He's called you. He's called you. Stop saying you don't know you're inadequate. Stop saying you're just a boy. Jeremiah said, no, I'm just a boy. God said, I chose you. I'm putting my words in your mouth. There's nothing you need to do. I chose you. And to put the pie on the, on, on the, the icing on the cake, he tells Peter, and I've changed your name. 
I love it because as I was sitting in there and the Lord was ministering to me, he was just talking about name changes, name changes. He's been telling me this for like the last three months and I didn't understand exactly what he was talking about. I was just, every time he was said, I would just get kind of overjoyed in my spirit and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for these name changes, but he never gave me full clarity on what it meant. But tonight I just felt so overwhelmed in my spirit when he began to give me clarity. Now I want you to flip over to Luke. 22 and 32 it says peter's repentance after his failure would be in well it see this this whole failure thing i talked about when he denied christ three times in luke 22 and 32 is what enables him in the words of jesus when once you have turned again strengthen your brothers remember see this is the thing. Remember I said Jesus factored in your failures. When he factored in Peter's failures, he's already thought about this and he's saying, hey, because I know you're going to fall short of this, I've put these things in place. But Peter, after this failure, you're going to have to go and strengthen your brothers. And you say, why do I say that? Go over to um, Luke, Luke 22 and 32. I want to read that to you. And then you'll understand what I'm saying, because this name change is, it's going to occur, you know, for some people where it's very blatant that this name change. And when we have a name change, sometimes it's just your outlook, changing your outlook on who you are, really understanding the fullness thereof with your identity. You're no longer going to be bound to uh, the earthly name that may have uh, baggage with it. What I mean by that, you know how sometimes you can be named after somebody and they may not have a great reputation. And now you're carrying the baggage of that person. And, and, and the Lord has a way of freeing us from that, freeing us from those issues. But I'm in Luke 22 and 32. This is how Luke 22 and 32 reads. It says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen and build up your brothers. So as Jesus predicts him being um, going through this whole situation of denying him, he's telling him after you've repented and turned to me again, because he, he turns away. And, and now it, 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 when you turn away from God and something happens, the enemy does what? He tries to condemn you. He tries to make you feel guilty. He tries to do all these things to beat you up. But the Lord is saying, no, no, turn to me again. Be like David. That's why we, David was the apple of his eye. When David did something, he immediately turned to God and asked for forgiveness. He didn't let time pass in between. Get yourself in a habit where if you fall short, immediately turn to God, immediately ask for um, re repent, move forward past it. God's not hinging his hat on that. He's hinging his hat on your future. He's aware of where you're at right now. He is more concerned with you getting to 
destiny on time, you fulfilling a call on your life, you doing what's on the other side of through. See, he saw that for Peter. He saw what was on the other side when he knew that Peter would, would fall short and feel guilty. He's saying, when you turn back to me again, strengthen and build up your brothers. The reason he's saying that is because he already could see what was going to happen in Peter's future. He already seen it. He already seen it. And this is what I love so much about it. See, when he calls Peter um, the rock, it's revealing who Peter is in this attribute about Peter. And this is the thing. Peter may not know he has that attribute. Because when you look at Peter on the outside, Peter was very, very, very wishy-washy. Jesus had to tell him plenty, plenty of times, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter's the one to cut someone's ear off. Matter of fact, if we had to coin Peter on today, Peter probably was, he, Peter may have had a cussing spirit. We don't know. You know, he was just one of them types of guys. You know, he, he was sold out for Christ, but sometimes he was a little bit too radical. Okay, a little bit too radical. And God needed him to rein it in. How many of you know that God will take that time to teach you how to work and be a co-labor with him, but how to do it harmoniously? Because sometimes we are hot headed, hot headed. And, and he's trying to take the strongest horse, break them and make them loyal. How many of you know that the strongest horse, you hear me say this a lot. The strongest horse has to be broken. It has to be broken so that it will follow the master through the battle, despite of what it sees, that it'll continue to charge. That's how when a horse is broken, those are the kind of horses you see in fights because it'll continue to charge to the death. And if you watch Peter after he denied Jesus three times, he was broken. And then Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you there if you turn to me again. When you turn to me again, I need you to go strengthen your brothers. I don't need you to sit here licking your wounds. I need you to move past this because you're the rock that the, that the hell's not going to prevail against. You're the rock that's going to preach the day of Pentecost. You need to strengthen your brothers. See, some of the times there's things inside of us that we don't even know that's inside of us. A lot of the times we're the opposite of what people see. You say, prophet, why do you say that? Because John the beloved had an anger problem. John the beloved had an anger problem. John the beloved had an anger problem. The Lord turns him to John the beloved. What a sense of humor. Uh, Peter, it was just as shaky and he turns him into a what? Into a rock, into a rock. Think about that. He turns somebody that's shaky into a rock. See, you have to understand on today that God loves you just where you are. And the awesome thing is he loves you where you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you where you are. That's why he looked at Peter with such intent. I love you, but I'm not going to leave you here. I got something awesome for you. The other thing I wanted to kind of hit on is to talk about a few of the other uh, Bible characters that had name changes, that had total name changes, like Jacob's name, which originally meant subplanter, 
And then he gets changed to Israel, meaning having power with God. How does God do that? Why does he do things like that? I've always wondered that. Why does he always operate contrary to the world? I just, I, I, I love him for that. You know, I think that's, that's what makes me fall in love with him all the more. And, and even as I begin to venture on this whole, uh, it's in the name topic, I look at myself and I begin to, to research my name and I, I do this every year, but it, it's still always refreshing for me when I go back and look at it because, and I want you to do it too. Research your name, research your name. My name means, uh, it's originated in Persia and it means a gift from God, a gift from God. What a name for a prophet to be a gift from God. What a name having the name Jasmine means a gift from God. But not only that, most people know it as a flower. The interesting thing is it's a climbing flower. It's a flower that climbs and um, gives off a very, very high fragrance. And it's part of the olive tree family, which I found very interesting as well. I want you to research your name because there's a lot inside your name. Because whenever I show up somewhere, whenever someone asks me, Jasmine, you know, can well, can you do that? Or can, can, you know, would you want to do this? And I'll say, sure, because I'm a gift to you. I always tell people that I'm a gift to you. I'm like a present being presented to you from God. It's up to you to open it up and take out what you need. But trust me as a gift, I've been equipped to give you whatever it is that you want. See, when you understand your name, you'll begin to understand the characteristics of who you are, which makes you just that much more confident in who you are and it allows you to be able to be a help in the kingdom all the more. But let's talk about uh, people like Abram. So when God changed Abram's name, he changed it to Abraham, but his original name, Abram, meant high father, high father. But when he changed it to Abraham, it meant a father of many nations. So when I look at that, I sit back and I say, wow. So, well, a a father of many, when I look at that, I say, Hmm, that's interesting. So he turns around and, and takes Abram and says, okay, I'm changing your name to Abraham because I'm going to make you a father of all of these things. And then he goes as far as to to change his wife's name. And I even laughed at that because how would you, if they're married, how would you change one and not change the other? Because they fit together like a glove. He changes Sarah, Sarah's name, meaning um, that she would now be the mother of nations when he changed it from Sarai to Sarah. She's now the mother of nations. And, and I looked at that and I was just kind of taken back like, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for these name changes. But the interesting thing is that these name changes, at least for the man, took place and it signifies this covenant, this covenant of circumcision, which I find very interesting because I look at that circumcision as when that name change happens, it's the cutting away 
of the old stuff. Because remember I told you in um, John, when we were talking about uh, Peter in John chapter 1, verse 42, he looks at him intently and he, he says, you're Simon, the son of John. And then he changes his name. So basically, when he changes that name, he's cutting away that old stuff. I'm cutting that away. But at the same time, he recognizes that I recognize you are Simon, the son of John. But this is who you really are. That's that circumcision taking place, cutting away the old, out with the old, in with the new. And I can have an appreciation for that. I'm thanking God on today because over the next two months, and I was telling you that there's going to be some name changes, some name changes, and it's going to happen because God is now aligning your identity. He's aligning your identity with the function that he has for you in the kingdom of God. So the name changes will begin to happen. You'll begin to step into a new, a newness in who you really are. Because I'm sure when Simon Peter walked up to Jesus with Andrew, he still was like, okay, yeah, I'm Simon and John's my dad. And now you're calling me Peter the Rock, but what does that mean? I'm sure he didn't feel an instant change. He had to go through denying Christ or he had to go through the process the process. How many of you know we have to be processed for purpose? Peter was being processed during that time, denying Jesus and having to turn back and strengthen his brothers. He was being processed for his purpose. His purpose was to be a rock and to preach the day of Pentecost, to go in and uh, bring the Holy Ghost to Cornelius. He has such a big call on his life. And it was crucial that he understood that, hey, we're cutting away the old you. It's time for you to, to put on the new man. So on tonight, I'm going to decree and declare that we will begin to walk in the newness and the freshness of these new anointings that God is pouring out. He's pouring them out. I see him pouring them out even now in vows. I see vows and he's just pouring them out and they're coming from heaven. And if we make ourselves available unto him, He is going to do such a mighty work in our lives. I can't even begin to tell you uh, how the overflow is happening right now in the spirit. It is occurring. It already shifted. It shifted weeks ago. It is now coming to fruition here in the earthly realm. God is pouring out a much more deeper and intimate anointing. And if you want to draw close to him, I'm going to tell you, he's going to, to draw close to you. He said, if you draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. But not only that, in this season, I find it very crucial to draw nigh to God because with everything else that's going on, it helps you to stay centered, to stay centered on the things of God and to stay about your father's business in this hour. This is not the time to get distracted. This is the time to dig in deep. You need to dig your heels in deep during this particular season because God still has work for each and every one of us to do. Amen. And I'm closing. I just wanted to come on. I didn't want to go super deep into the teaching. I just wanted to talk to you about the name change. And in this particular hour that 
names are being changed. Identities are now aligning with callings and functions. They are coming into alignment right now. Just like we take a car in when tires and things get changed after you've been processed and things have changed inside of you and that transformation has happened on the inside, it has to come to fruition on the outside. So when it comes to fruition on the outside, it's no different than a car. You take it in, you change the wheels, and then they say, hey, it it would probably be best if you allow us to align the car. There's no need to put new wheels on a car and then you don't align it. And then now the tires and the tread is being worn down faster than what it had to be. Had you aligned it, the tires would have lasted a longer period of time. And I'm believing as God begins to align our characters and our identity with our call and our function, then it's going to allow us to run the race, to run the race in a spirit of endurance in this particular hour. And I thank you and we praise you, Holy Spirit, for all that you're doing in our lives. God, we worship you on tonight. Father, we thank you for sending your only begotten son to die on the cross for us. If it had not been for Jesus and all he's done for me, what would I be? And we thank you for him dying on the cross, being stretched out. Why, God? To be able to be an intersection within our lives. He came in and intersected our lives so that we might be able to make it into glory. And we don't take that by chance and we don't take it lightly. We thank you on today. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Ask that you continue to move about, God, like never before. Decree and declare that you'll begin to operate. You, each and every one of you listen under the sound of my voice, that this word will meet you in such a way that it will begin to stir you on the inside. I decree and declare that you will have dreams and visions that the anointing will begin to stir, that you'll begin to draw to like-minded people in this season and you'll go deeper with God and there'll be a shedding away of the old man. You'll put him away. You'll keep him put away. You won't hit your default button when things don't look the way that you think they should. You will not lean on your your ways. You'll understand in all your ways you must acknowledge him and lean not to thy own understanding. And why not thank you, God, for all that you're doing with your people. People, God, I speak blessings and wholeness, God, that their souls would prosper. You said that you would have it, that their souls would prosper on today. I decree and declare that their souls will flow in such an abundance in this hour. And understanding, people of God, that abundance doesn't always have to be finances. Abundance comes in the way of good health. Abundance can come in a way of having abundance of peace, abundance of joy, being able to go to sleep at night and rest and have your sound mind. That's an abundance abundance in and of itself just to be able to do that because there's some people who didn't wake up on the other side. How many of you know that there's some people who didn't wake up on the other side that God opening our eyes every day, telling our heart to beat, telling my lungs to take in air. God, that is such a blessing like never before. God, and I praise you and we worship you, God, and we invite you into our lives this season, God. Oh, God, don't let my words fall to the ground. We thank you on today. Meet each and every one of your people where they stand at, where they stand in need of. Holy Spirit, blaze the trail for them even now. Holy Ghost, have your way. I come against any satanic forces, satanic devices, any incantations, any vexes, any hexes that have been uh, shot as a dart to the people of God. I come against it and loose your Holy Spirit all over them like never before. Satan, you're a defeated foe. 
on today, these are the children of God. They will walk in the ways and in the truths of God. They've been called for such a time as this. Oh God, we praise you and we ask all these things in your darling son, Jesus name. And until next time, be blessed. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on social media at Positive Thinking Podcast. 